began a rather non-traditional Christmas series that was in, it's entitled Deck the Halls. Now, last week we learned that we need to deck the halls in three different ways. We can deck the halls by honoring God this Christmas by thankful singing to the Lord. We can deck the halls with generous sharing uh, for the less fortunate. And we can deck the halls with obedient service to other people. That's pretty important. It's pretty important to God, and I pray that it's pretty important to you. Now today, as difficult as that sounds, singing to the Lord and uh, sharing with less fortunate and serving other people, today gets a little bit more difficult. Because today, we're going to talk about decking the halls with obedience. I want to begin by sharing a testimony of obedience that is found in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 5, I'm going to give you a little bit of context before I begin. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 12, we learn that through the hands of the apostles were being done many signs and miracles and wonders among the people. And as a result of all these miracles, the people esteemed the apostles very highly. And many believers were being added to the Lord. Matter of fact, the Bible says multitudes of men and women were being added to the Lord. Multitudes means kind of like thousands, right? So multitudes were coming to the Lord. And as a result, they were bringing their sick uh, to out in the streets to the apostles. And the Bible says... That maybe even the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of those that needed healing. Well, also, multitudes gathered outside the city of Jerusalem. And all those people were bringing sick people and people that were tormented with all manner of unclean spirits. And listen to this. And they all were healed. They were all healed. But... Not everybody was happy about this because we read in verse 17 that the high priest, the Jewish high priest, he rose up filled with indignation, filled with jealousy. And he told the guards to put all the apostles in prison. Now, that night that they put them in prison, the Bible says in verse 19 that an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, and brought them out. And the angel said to the apostles, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of eternal life. Well, the next morning came, and the officers showed up to the council, the Jewish council, and they came, but they could not find anybody in the prison. And so they returned to the high priest and they reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison doors shut securely. And we found the guards standing outside the doors. But when we opened the prison doors, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome might be. And so then in verse 25, the Bible says, So, One of them came out and told them, look, 
The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and they are teaching the people. And then the captain went and the, with the officers and brought them in without violence for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them in and set them before the Jewish council, the high priest asked the apostles, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in the name of Jesus? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who will obey him. I read where over the course of 15 years, Ivan Segedin got 32 traffic citations for failing to buckle his seatbelt. Although it was costing him big money with traffic tickets, Segedin just absolutely refused to buckle up. Finally, instead of obeying the law, Ivan decided that he was going to rely on deception. And so what he did is Ivan made this fake seatbelt. He made this fake seatbelt that made him appear like he was buckled up when he really wasn't. And his trick worked for a little while until Ivan was in a head-on collision. He was jettisoned through the front windshield and was killed instantly. What's the moral of that story? Disobedience can cause death. Not only in Ivan's case, but can I tell you that disobedience to God might even be even worse. Some people just disobey the law until finally one day it catches up with them. And I believe that the same thing can happen to people, Christians too, who routinely disobey God. They rely on deception. Looking like they're a believer, but they really ain't. Relying on deception and ultimately face something even worse than death. You see, a person who lives for sin and in sin, a person who lives for their own will and not God's will will eventually pay a price. They will eventually pay a penalty for their disobedience. Romans 6.23, the Bible says that the wages of sin, that is, the consequences for disobedience, is death. Praise God. The rest of the verse goes on to say, but 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But what about Christian people? What about believers who have come to faith in Jesus Christ? Do we have to obey God? I mean, when we come to Christ for salvation, we're believing and trusting in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Are we not saved from the penalty of disobedience? Well, friend, yes, we are. But listen, according to the Bible, a true Christian cannot live a life of sin. A true Christian cannot live a life of sin without being convicted of that sin and being willing to turn away from that sin. So if you have this ongoing issue with the same sin repeatedly over and over again, then you might want to do a checkup from the neck up. Amen. We need to make sure that we are what we claim we are. Even Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 7. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. He went on to say in Luke 13, I tell you that unless you repent, unless you turn away from sinful behavior, unless you turn away from a sinful lifestyle, you'll all likewise perish. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. So you see, many people are quick to call Jesus their Lord, but they just don't want to do what God's Word says Christians are supposed to do. Listen, Jesus is serious. He is serious when it comes to us obeying His Father. Accepting Jesus as Lord means that we strive. We strive to be obedient. We strive to turn away from anything that would destroy our testimony. We strive to be obedient. Why? Because he's the boss and we're not. Somebody say amen. He's the boss. Luke 6, 46, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? He's the boss and we're not. You see, friend, if we're honest, for Christians... Obeying the word of God is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever learn to do. If you ever do. Amen. It is difficult. But why is obeying the Lord so hard to learn? I mean, it just seems like we'd be able to do it on autopilot. Why is it so difficult for us to learn to obey the word of God? Let me tell you why. Because our natural tendency is to do our own thing. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, right? We want to do our own thing. It's called our sin nature. It's kind of like our dark side, if you will. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. We certainly don't like owning up to it. But friend, listen, it's true. And every one of us have it. We have a dark side that we must battle day in and day out. However, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said in verse 28, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. 
Friends, since at this time of year, more people than ever are hearing about God. Since during this Christmas season, more people than ever are hearing more about Jesus than they have all year. Since at this time of the year, at this Christmas season, more people are hearing about the possibility of eternal life than they have all year. I think we need to be reminded that God makes the rules. God makes the rules and we're called to obey the rules. It is his will that must be done, not our own that must be done. You see, sometimes I fear that Christians get the idea that God is simply our great giver. God, I need this. God, I want this. Lord, give me this. Give me that. Right? We think that the Lord is a great giver. And that He only exists to please us and give us what we want. We think we can play. We think we can have fun. We think we can go our own merry way. That we can do anything we want to do. And that we don't have to do what God says we should do. We think that God is only here for our good. When in all reality, we are here for His good. We are here for His glory. Friend, if you were not here for God's good, you'd be in heaven already. So you're here for a reason. You're here for the glory of God. And especially during Christmas season. It's a great opportunity for us to tell about what God has done for us. So don't think that God is just here for your good. Remember that you're here for God's good. You're here for God's glory. Don't be deceived. God is God. God is our creator. God is our heavenly father. And we are his children. We belong to him. Therefore, he insists. He insists upon our obedience. It's not if, or it's not when, it's if we'll obey him. So the prayer of heaven, the prayer of heaven this Christmas is not so much for the non-believer. The prayer of Christmas this season is that we, his children, that we would deck our halls with obedience to God. So today, let's take a look at how important obedience to God is. But let's also take a look at what happens when we are obedient to God. I'll begin with this. Obedience to God brings life and blessing. Obedience to God brings life and blessing. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says, We all have human fathers who disciplined us and we have respected them. How much more? Should we obey our heavenly father and live? If you obey your daddy, how much more should you obey your heavenly father and live? You may remember that as God was leading his people into the promised land of Canaan, he told them, listen, I have set before you life and death. You got an option here. I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life 
Choose life that you may love the Lord your God with all your heart, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for God is your life, and He is your length of days. Listen to me, friend. God promised you to give us life when we obey Him. But did you know that God also promises to give us blessing when we obey Him? Let me tell you a little story about when I was 12 years old. That was just a few years ago. Somebody say amen. Anyway, about 12, when I was 12, uh, my stepdad gave me and my four brothers some very clear instructions. And one of those instructions was this. He said, I don't want you boys to visit the two sisters next door when their parents ain't home. And you know what we said? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, one day we forgot. And all five of us boys was next door visiting the sisters and their parents were not home. Well, after about an hour into our visit, there came a knock at the door. And one of the sisters got up and answered. And it was dad. Suddenly we remembered. <laughs> Whew. And off, as all five of us boys filed out that door, we got a powerful swat on the backside. But you know, that wasn't it. It was only later that we learned that dad had come home early for a reason. Dad had come home because he wanted to take all us boys out to eat and for a night of family fun down at the go-kart track. Because of our disobedience, we couldn't go. God, Dad didn't withhold the fun because he didn't love us. Dad withheld his blessing because we didn't obey his instruction. And listen to me careful, church. The same principle applies to our Heavenly Father. When we obey God, when we submit to his will for our life, can I just tell you, life's going to be better for you. Conversely, if you don't obey the will of God, he'll permit you to go your own way. But with your own way also come consequences. You see, the Bible says that God demonstrates those God disciplines those whom he loves. Have you ever been disciplined by God? Have you ever been disciplined by God for disobeying his will? Chances are you have, even though you don't even remember it. Maybe you don't even know that it was happening. Have, I mean, it could have been like maybe you lost a job or a promotion. It could have been some other calamity at home or at work. It might have been a financial loss of some sort. Any number of things that it could have been. Now I know that God doesn't cause bad things to happen to His children. But I do know that He disciplines us sometimes by allowing bad things to come upon His children. You see, sometimes when we go down the wrong path, 
God in his infinite wisdom will allow us to go down that path so that we can learn firsthand that his way is the right way. So for our good, and because God loves us so dearly, God disciplines us. He's not trying to hurt us, mind you. He's trying to help us. He's trying to help us by getting us to wake up and look up. He's trying to bless us with abundant life while we're right here on earth. But at times, he's got to shake us up to wake us up. And for us to get our attention on what he wants to do in our life. I read where the former Yankee second baseman Bobby Richardson prayed the opening prayer for a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting. And it was a classic prayer because it was so short. Amen. And here's how that prayer went. Bobby said, Dear God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. Your will. Nothing more. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Can I tell you, just being willing to say, I will obey you, Lord, can bring such blessing into your life. But obedience to God brings more than that. Obedience to God also brings success and victory. At the end of James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible reads this. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How many of y'all heard that before? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But how many of you remember the part before that? We don't remember that part, do we? Here's why. The first part goes like this. Submit yourselves to God. Obey God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we got to get things in proper order. Guess what happens if you don't submit to God? If you don't submit to God, if you don't obey God, you're going to submit to somebody. You're going to submit to something. And if you're not in an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then in a sense, can I tell you, Satan's already got you. He's already got you right where he wants you and he don't have to work very hard to keep you where you're at. I've heard it said that Satan is a tireless worker and he never gives up. But how many of you know that Satan wants to deceive everybody? He wants to deceive everybody and especially Christians. Why does he pick on us? Why does he pick on God's children? Why? Because you got influence. You got influence for Jesus Christ. You influence the people around you that don't know Jesus. Jesus. 
And so the enemy is going to try to extra hard. Extra hard to attack the believer and make you stumble. Oh, he's a tireless worker and he never gives up. I heard it said, we, yeah, we take days and holidays off. Devil don't never take a holiday. He don't ever take a holiday. He's always at work. And can I tell you, that includes our Christmas celebration. Do you know that people are going to be influenced by the way you celebrate Christmas? If it's all about the ho-ho man and all the decorations and the, the gifts and the gifts and the gifts and the gifts, well, that's what the people are going to be around you are going to think that's what Christmas is all about. But if you're decking your halls with obedience and people are influenced by the way you obey God in your life, is that not a much better Christmas celebration? Drawing someone into a relationship with God by the way you're living? Of course it is. I read where Christian author C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, in all the universe, there is no neutral ground. There is no neutral ground. Every square inch and every split second is claimed by God. It's his. But there's somebody over here that's counterclaiming it. Because while every square inch and every split second is claimed by God in your life, Satan is busy trying to counterclaim that same space and that same time. I mean, friends, just look at all the broken heroes in the Bible. These were believers, right? Think about it. Adam and Eve. Tempted in the perfect Garden of Eden and sinned. Think about it. Cain killed his brother Abel in a jealous rage. We didn't even get two generations in. Think about Moses who killed that Egyptian. The leader of God's people. Abraham lied about Sarah being his wife. David, King David... Committed adultery and ultimately murder. King Saul, destroyed by pride. King Herod, brought down by jealousy and fear. In the early church, two Christians, Ananias and Sapphira, were devoured by greed. And then even in the small circle of Jesus' friends, there was that one. Y'all know who I'm talking about, don't you? Judas. Judas. In the circle of Christ's disciples, destroyed by materialism. That's a common problem in our world today. It's materialism. Now, why did all these things happen to God's people? The answer is easy. They didn't obey God. <laughs> they didn't obey God. And friend, when we fail to obey God, we cannot expect to experience victory. However, we can 
expect to experience defeat. If you don't obey God, you can expect to experience failure, misery, gloom. If we'll just obey the will of God, if we'll just strive to do what we know He wants us to do, we'll be blessed. Not only with victory over Satan, God's arch enemy will also be ensured of success while we're still on this earth. How in the world does that happen? How can that happen? Well, someone once asked the great Christian pastor and super Christian in my eyes, his name was George Mueller. And they asked George Mueller, what is the secret to your success? What is the secret to your success in your Christian life? And I want you to hear what he said. He said, there was this day when I died. There was this day when I utterly died. I died to George Mueller, to his opinions, to his preferences, to his taste, and to his will. I died to the world that I live in, its approval and its criticism. I died to the approval of even my friends and family. And after I had that funeral... I studied only to have myself approved by God. And that was the secret to his success. Obedience to God brings success. It brings victory in this life we're living. It brings victory over life's sin. It brings victory over our own selfish desires. It brings victory over the arch enemy of God, Satan. And can I tell you that it also brings victory over life's hurdles and setbacks? No matter what you face, you can still have victory. Friend, this year, let's enjoy the life. Let's enjoy the victory that Christmas celebrates. How many of you know that Jesus came to give you victory? That's why we celebrate Christmas. He came to let us celebrate victory. So let's deck the halls with obedience to God. Now I want to ask this question. Have you come to Christ in obedience to his gospel. You might say, okay. What's the gospel? Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul said, I declare to you the gospel. I'm getting ready to tell you what the gospel is. The gospel by which you are saved. For I declare to you that which I also received. Here it comes. Christ Jesus died for your sins according to the gospel, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. 
So have you come to God on his terms in obedience to the gospel? Well, you might say, okay, Bill, what's God's terms? What are God's terms? Well, it's as simple as A, B, C. First of all, you need to acknowledge that you have a sin crisis. A crisis in your life, and that crisis is sin. B, you need to believe that Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross is the only way that God deals with your sin crisis so that you can go to heaven. It's the only way. There are no other ways. And C, confess your faith in Jesus as the Lord of your life and believe that God raised him from the dead, conquering death once and for all. And you will be saved. ABC, it's just that simple. So the only question that remains is this. Have you come to Christ in obedience to his gospel in God's terms? Because that's the only way you can come. Friend, during this decision time, we're going to allow you to put faith to the message you just heard. You can put feet to your faith, feet to this message. You can have, actually have an opportunity to obey, to deck your halls with obedience to the gospel of God, be saved from sin, and be assured of heaven. And that's not according to Brother Bill or Bethel Baptist Church. That's according to and on the authority of the word of God. So I pray. If you've not come to God on his terms, today would be your day. Let me pray. Father, thank you for even wanting to provide a way for us to come to you. Father, I pray that everyone in this room and that everyone listening in has come to you on your terms. And that's only by acknowledging our sin crisis, believing on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and confessing him as the Lord of our life, believing that you raised him from the dead. And we'll be saved. Your terms, not ours. Your will, not ours. We obey you, not our own selfish will. So Father, have your way in every person's heart this morning. And Father, if there's a decision to be made for Jesus... Father, I pray you'd give them courage, take a step out, a step forward, and allow me to show them literally what the Word of God says about how they can be saved from their own sin crisis and assured of an eternal life with you in heaven. That's our humble prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.